a player in the college football playoff and the 29th consecutive conference win. Blocked! Snuffed! Rubbed out! Erased! And Georgia Tech with an opportunity! Austin still on his feet! One man! You can't believe what just happened! What a time to be alive! This is the High Motor Podcast. Andrew Dowdy, Chase Kitty here with the Memorial Day weekend episode of the High Motor Podcast. Brought to you by that Georgia Tech upset, Florida State in 2015. Great show coming today. We're going to talk about things we just don't need in sports. This is coming on the heels of the announcement of that nine-part Tom Brady documentary for 2021. How, sir, are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm good. It's weather's finally nice here in Virginia again. It's like 85 and sunny. I was at the pool this morning. Yeah, it's going well. So on Thursday, four days after that last dance finale, ESPN announced the nine-part series for Tom Brady. I'm not sure if it was announced with that Adam Schefter tweet or if they officially announced it. I didn't really know how they announced it. Called Man in the Arena to air in 2021. And Chase, I just don't give a shit. I don't think we need this. I get that people will watch it. It's going to have monster ratings up in New England, monster ratings in, in Tampa Bay and that area. I get why ESPN is doing it. I get that they're not a nonprofit government organization here to serve us. Something that something that a shocking number of people don't understand. Do you find this as, as hysterical as I do? I mean, I disagree with ESPN stuff all of the time and tons of media stuff all the time, but like this is a for-profit company and as long as they're not going full Fox News, knowingly peddling false information, they're here to make money. Do you find it hysterical how many people think that ESPN seems to exist to serve the public interest as a nonprofit organization instead of making money? Uh, I, I've definitely been surprised by how many people have watched The Last Dance and thought it was some incredible piece of like journalism when that's not really what it was. I mean, it was no. great. I'm happy they did it. I'm happy I watched it. I'll probably watch it again someday. But it, it is odd that people, I guess, can't really figure out what ESPN is because it's it's not just one thing. Kind of like going back to your what you were just talking about with Virginia. Like ESPN is not just one entity with one goal. I mean, they want to make money. That's the ultimate goal. They're, it's the house of mouse with sports. But are you surprised that people don't seem to think that that's like that's their goal? Like they they exist to employ people and to make money, not to not to have the the public interest and spread out their coverage evenly and satisfy every single person. Yeah, what well, I, I think people interact with sports in their own individual way. I don't think a lot of people. I mean, present company excluded, and I think a lot of our listeners probably think about things the same way we do, but I think a majority of people think about sports in the way that they directly impact their lives. They don't look at the whole picture, they look at their little slice of it. So when they look at ESPN, they're not thinking of it's some global multimedia company, they're thinking of the company that exists to give them sports highlights. I I don't think they think about the whole, the broader aspect of it. This led me to wonder, what else in sports do we not 
need. Because again, like people are going to watch the Brady doc right now. I would be shocked if I watched nine parts of why, why on earth do we need nine parts of it when it seems like he's going to play at least another year, maybe two. So let's say he even retires after this year. This thing is going to be made and then released what months after he, he plays his last season. I mean, this isn't like 1998 and then yeah, the whole wizards thing with Jordan, but basically 22 years later, it's coming out. So we don't need this right now. We both agree with that, right? Well, first of all, I don't need it at all. But I feel like that's more evidence that this documentary is not an apples-to-apples comparison of what Jordan just did with The Last Dance. Like, I'm not sure how much this is going to be a walkthrough explanation and analysis of Tom Brady's career. I think this is going to be like metaphysics with Tom Brady, and along the way we might talk about football PSI. Like, I think this is going to be way more divorced from his sport and his career than The Last Dance was. That's a good way of putting it, because I do think that, I mean, there is content there. I want to know more about about Spygate. I want to know, know more about Deflategate. Not that much more, because we were completely inundated with it for so many months and years, but there is stuff to talk about there. And if I mean, my God, if people were criticizing that Michael Jordan's production company was involved in the production of The Last Dance and we, we kind of got a biased portrayal, which I, I, I see that a little bit. I see that criticism a little bit. I still really enjoyed The Last Dance, and I think that they they did a, as good of a job as possible to show all sides of it. But if you thought that for The Last Dance, I mean, just what you said, I think before we hopped on here, this feels like a PR campaign. Look at the trailer. Look at the trailer. It's like running water over brooks and clouds and bald eagles and all this bullshit that has nothing to do with actual football. It's like a transcendentalism poem come to life, but with like little sprinkles of football. So anyways, this led me to wonder, what else do we not need in sports right now? I think they can exist right now or they're coming or there's been talk of them coming. And let's open this way open. I don't need the, the Tom Brady dot. I also don't need four timeouts in college basketball. Who on earth needs four timeouts in college basketball? You tell me that you're a shitty enough coach where you need to have the four TV timeouts per half and stoppages of play for free throws and fouls and wiping up the floor and all this crap, plus four more timeouts. Who honestly needs four timeouts in college basketball? How do you feel about the NBA having like seven timeouts? I couldn't even tell you how many the NBA has because I haven't watched the NBA game in 15 years. Do so I don't you, even know. So I, I had this debate with my mom, who's a big basketball fan, last year. She doesn't watch a lot of NBA either, and so she was confused. I, I think I was home watching NBA Christmas Day, and she was watching a little bit with me, and they took a timeout. And one of the big differences between college and the NBA is in a professional timeout, you have the option to advance the ball to your side of the court. Mm-hmm. Would you be in favor of four timeouts if – there was that extra strategic no, element of how to no, use them. No, I, I don't. I don't understand that rule at all. Weren't they talking about getting rid of it, or they they did briefly got rid of it? Not to my knowledge, but I could be wrong. But you agree that why do we? I mean, at no point are you standing outside of yelling distance away from your players, and yeah, loud arenas and communications and all that stuff. But you're never more than eighty to eighty-five feet max away from your guy. And you can talk to them when they go up and down the court. This isn't like football. This is completely different. Why do you need to have 35 stoppages of play plus the TV timeouts plus your timeouts? I don't get that. The meta of the timeouts now has become like we're not even going to use these until the last 90 seconds of the game. 
anyway. So I, 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 it doesn't bother me like it bothers you. I know this is one of those things that's kind of in your crawl. I don't like lose sleep over it or anything. I, I think you make a good point. I'm fine with it at four. You don't think it ruins the end of games sometimes? I just, I think modern basketball ruins the end of games sometimes. I think the timeout thing plays a part there but just all of the fouling and everything i think that's more of a concern when you're talking about ruining the end of the game more than time but you can't I mean you can't fix that though you can fix the timeouts and i'm grateful it seems like i'm gonna i'm gonna apply this to a larger situation here it seems like over the last i don't know four or five years teams have become more aware that analytics say you shouldn't call a timeout if you have the ball in offense like if you're down one and you get the ball back with seven seconds left after a missed free throw or something you shouldn't call a timeout because you have the advantage without the defense being set and it seems like a lot of coaches have finally understood that so i i'm appreciative of that even if they do have a timeout they're not going to call it but teams still do call timeouts i think that ruins the end of games what do you got for us here i think at first i would go back to the documentary thing and just say i don't need any of the 14,000 documentaries that are about to happen. Because this is this is what happens. This is what we do in America. Somebody has an idea. It's a good idea. It's successful. It makes money. People like it. And everybody and their brother goes, okay, how can we do that? So, like, I don't need the Lance documentary. I don't need the Tom Brady documentary. I'm reminded of the scene in The Wire where Stringer Bell comes out of his community college economics class and sees like his little two-bit drug dealer like down like like not one of the prominent drug dealers just like some 15 year old and that kid has like three cell phones and stringer bell goes that's a bubble if i've ever seen one this little hopper in west baltimore has three cell phones there's a cell phone bubble like I can see the documentary bubble coming from a mile away. This is what's going to happen the next three years. There's just going to be a million of these things. But we've been having a million of them for so long. I mean, think of how successful and how long 30 for 30 has been around for. I mean, that's been going on, what, 12, 15 years now? E60 has been around forever. Even the old HBO and Showtime docs. So you at least understand that there is a market for these. There's a market for it, but I think there's a difference between 30 for 30, which is we're in, we're out, it's 90 minutes, it's one subject, we're done. Uh, you know, that's just basically a slightly longer E60, really. But you but you get why. I mean, the nine-part for Brady. Yeah, I versus think a nine-part document, a ten-part, like, why do shit, we need Put that? it in 90 minutes. I understand why The Last Dance was ten parts. Honestly, when it started, I was skeptical, and I didn't really buy into how they were doing it at first. But after the ten parts, I was appreciative. And I even said they could, probably could have done 20 parts because think of how many stories and, in my opinion, how much time they wasted just showing us highlights of games when they could have given us so many more stories and it could have been 20 parts. I'm surprised been, you don't... It could have been 20 parts. It was okay at 10 parts. It also could have been four parts, you know? Like, that. when when I think about the documentary that they just made, it's clear to me that they had the footage and they worked backwards versus... What's the story that we want to tell and how many parts should it be? They came into it with, we've got 10 hours of footage, so we're making a 10-hour documentary. Exactly. I mean, they came into it. You and I have both dabbled in screen right? They came into it with a plot, and they put everything around that plot instead of building it up through character and whatnot. Chase, I don't need 12-team playoff expansion. Would I be fine with it? Yeah, I guess. 
I don't need that, though. I don't think we're going that direction, thank God. I think we're going the direction of eight teams. But there is significant talk. I mean, even going to Brett McMurphy's survey from a month and a half or two months ago with how many ADs were in favor of a 12-team playoff, I don't need that at all. Yeah, I, I don't I don't need it. I, I don't know if I want it yet. I, I haven't decided if I want it. Do you need the step of eight teams first to but see I how that goes? But I definitely don't need it. Uh, do I need eight teams first? No. If if we've decided, and I don't think we have, I don't I don't think we're anywhere close to this. But if we collectively decide, hey, this four team playoff thing was great, uh, we think a twelve team playoff would be better, and here are the reasons why: A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and we just want to go straight to twelve. I'm good with that. Uh, but I don't. I, I'm like you. I don't need twelve teams. I'm not at all convinced four is the right number. I'm not sitting here jonesing for 12 for sure. I mean, I, that seems unnecessary. Well, I don't even think we need eight. Like, I think eight would be fine and it'd be fun. And I've really come around on this. I was very anti-playoff expansion for the first, I don't know, five years of the playoff or so. And I've kind of come around a little bit with how I've seen how it could affect the regular season. I like that possibility. So I don't even need eight. 12 is where I start to get really pissed off because we do not need 12. And I don't want to in any way break this sport. I want to have those I want to have the game between Michigan and Ohio State matter. If those two teams are in the top I don't know, 8 nationally, that game doesn't matter. The Iron Bowl doesn't matter if Alabama is 1 and Auburn is 4. Yeah, I don't need the fourth place team in the SEC in the playoff. Like I'm good. I'm good there. I don't need people complaining sure. over bowl games either. This one actually irritates the hell out of me. Nobody is forcing you to watch the Boca Raton Bowl. I'm not going to watch the Boca Raton Bowl, but I'm also not going to bitch about the Boca Raton Bowl being on. Why do people need to complain about a bowl game? I don't need that in my Twitter feed every single year. I wonder if it started... Like, I I used to love to make fun of the San Diego Credit Union Bowl. Just, or like, San it's Diego a dumb County name. Credit Union. Yeah, it's a dumb name. But that's all it was. It was, ha-ha, this name is so stupid. It wasn't an actual complaint that it existed. Oh my God, football's on my TV. Fuck off. Yeah, I wonder if people read stuff like that where it's good-natured, what is this thing called? And it turns into like, I can't believe this even exists. Like, okay. Oh my God, the bad bad boy Mowers Bowl? Why is this even on TV? Gasparilla, what? Hey, there are 7,000 other channels and tons of things. It's like the people now that are complaining about that there's not, they're running out of things to stream on Netflix and Amazon. No, you're, you're not. You're not trying hard enough. That is your own. Di- I agree. There are, you You don't run out of things. You run out of things that you really want to watch. You might have X number of things, but I how, millions of hours, I don't even know how many hours are on the, just those two alone. I didn't. And then every, everything else that you could use. You're not running out of things to watch. You're just complaining because all the good stuff has been watched so far. Watch something else. I didn't have this written down, but you just kind of backed me into this, and this this is something I've said for a while now. I don't need, not really sports-related at all, I don't need you checking in every day with what TV shows I'm watching. Like, the 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 social pressure to watch every TV show right now is out of control. I, I'm not a professional TV show watcher. I have, like, stuff that I do. I have a job and a career. I don't have time to watch the top 15 TV shows on six different streaming services. I don't have or that. When kind of somebody time. would say, have you seen this TV show? What channel is it on? I don't know. 
Yeah, like or they'll name some obscure channel. Well, yeah, it's if on you like get stars two on demand, you can catch the reruns Sundays at one thirty a.m. I think that we've, and this is what I love streaming. I'm glad that we have it as opposed to our options when we were growing up. But it's ruined us. I mean, it's just like I mean, there's that that great scene in Newsroom where Will's going to his therapist and he says that with encyclopedias you could just browse <laughs> things. And with the internet, you don't just Salic law. you don't yeah you don't just browse the internet. You can go to Google and type in things, but you need some sort of prompt. You don't just open up an encyclopedia more and browse. And even though yeah you can do that obviously on streaming you can browse everything, but because there's been so many court I mean I don't have cable anymore, but I don't I don't miss it. But I do miss just throwing it on and browsing for just some stupid thing that I would never... Oh, Shawshank Redemption's on for the 900th time? Sign me up. I miss browsing. Absolutely miss browsing. You know what else I don't need with all this talk about on-site kicks being gone? I don't need on-site kicks to, to be gone. I mean, you're losing. You you did something to put yourself in this position. This isn't like a last-minute extra credit assignment to pass a class. You did something during this game to be down by 13 points and I don't feel bad for you that you don't have this dumb fourth and fifteen to try to make up for it. I get that onside kicks are hard. It sucks when your team is down. And you're like, wow, there's a three percent chance we're going to get this. I don't need us to change that because it's your own damn fault that you're down by thirteen. That's a great point. Uh, it does feel inherently non-competitive where you have a sport that has rules and sixty minutes of game time stretched over three or four hours where you're competing. And then you throw all of that out the window in the last 40 seconds for like a weird coin flip. Yeah, you're not getting like a fourth out in the ninth inning by getting like three pitches to hit a home run. I mean, think of how asinine. If if they propose that. Just turn it into every, a carnival. Everybody's arms would be up in the air. I mean, imagine, that's, that's what I don't get here is that why we're just like, oh, that could be kind of cool. Sure, it would be entertaining. Of course it would. But at what point then are we just saying, you know, it doesn't matter if you're down by 13 with three minutes left. Yeah, cool. We're going to have more games to watch, more interesting games late. We're going to have some crazy-ass comebacks. But this is your own fault. This defense played well or played well enough to win for 58 minutes, and now they're forced to defend a fourth and 15 where God knows what could happen. I mean, think about that baseball comparison. It's the ninth inning. You're down by three, and there's bases loaded, and the guy, you know, grounds into a double play or something to end the game. But now you get three pitches off of a, a pitching machine to hit a home run, and you get a fourth out? Like, what are we doing here? It's kind of dumb. It's extremely dumb. What else you got for us? I don't need locker room interviews anymore. And this is not an original idea. Like, I'm not the first person to ever say this. But what value has ever come out of, like... Like, people don't say truly revelatory things five minutes after the game in their underwear. It's it's just and like people come at this from like a like a weird male reporter, female reporter perspective. Like I'm not talking about that at all. I just don't think there's a lot of value in it. And I'm saying this both as somebody who watches a lot of Sports Center and like highlights and and, and clips and stuff, but also somebody who's been in locker rooms and done post game interviews. It's weird and uncomfortable, and nobody ever gives you anything that's valuable, ever. I it never there, happens. Well, no, I think there are cases. Um, Final Four last year. I covered the Final Four last year, and at the end, I, I was sitting next to a guy. He's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to the locker room. 
It's like, well, what do you need that for? And then the game before that was actually the Auburn-Virginia debacle. So I get that there are cases in which you want to get the take when the Auburn player, I can't remember what his name is now, was going back to the locker room screaming how the NCAA screwed him and all this stuff. So I get that there are cases for having that and needing to know what happened in a game. Yeah, that's the 1%. Yeah, ex- if if even 1%. Yeah. But again, it's like, yeah, I'm headed to the locker room. You coming? Why? Like, what What do I what do, do I need this for? Is that just like an access erection for journalists? Is that what I that is? I think it, it's part of the... Uh, even being in the industry, and I, I think you probably agree with me, beat writers aren't very good. <laughs> Most beat writers are just not good. You have some of... I know what you here. mean. You have some of the younger ones that are really good, really, really engaged on Twitter. They're throwing good stuff out, a lot of context, things like that. And then you have the older other guys, usually older, that just write the game story as if we didn't just watch it or that highlights aren't available to every single person on every single device. And it's just like, well, yeah, tell me about that curveball in the seventh inning. What do you think he's going to say? All You are you are literally asking. So well, you, you know, it got away from me a little bit. And, uh, you know, are I you okay the... with coach interviews when they're going into halftime? This is probably not a good answer. I kind of like the routine of it, not like it the sets actual you down value a little bit. Like, yeah, you were just going hard for an hour, hour twenty, hour thirty, watching this game, and it kind of is just like a little compressor before you go, you know, take a shit or you know, grab a beer or something. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of like like okay, I've seen the clock hit zero. Now I'm gonna hear Eric Spolstra say three benign sentences about LeBron James that don't mean anything. And now I can go get a new bag of pretzels. You sometimes get some beauties. I mean, sometimes you get Nick Saban and Maria Taylor. And I get that Nick Saban was completely out of line with that, but it was still entertaining. That's, I mean, you can't tell me that ESPN wasn't thrilled with that. I think it's okay if ESPN is both excited about the the entertainment value of that and understand that Nick Saban crossed the line in addressing her. I get that you can have both those parts. I think that's uncomfortable for people to say. Don't you don't you kind of hope the coach crosses the line from the ESPN perspective? Obviously, absolutely, they can't yeah, say that. But of course, you, you want to I mean, protect you, your asset with Maria Taylor. Uh, but you also like isn't the greater prize that they said something that you can now run on Sports Center and YouTube and First Take and forty five other platforms a million times in 24 hours because it's actually worth looking at for 10 seconds. They're never going to admit it. I mean, it's like colleges right now. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, came out a couple of days ago when they announced that uh, student-athletes were going to come back here in a couple of weeks saying that they can receive better medical care on campus than at home. And I was going to ask this at the start of the podcast, and I forgot to. And that's probably right. In 99% of cases, they can probably offer better medical care with the virus and testing all that on campus. I get that. That's not why you're bringing student-athletes back, but they can't say that. I think it's really stupid to say that, but it's not like they can say, God, we, we got to get him back. I mean, we're, we're, we're drowning here. We need some money. So ESPN can't come out and say, God, I hope Nick Saban's an asshole right here. It's going to be fucking great. You can't say that. But, yeah, of course they're thinking that. Absolutely they're thinking that. I don't mind those interviews because that that is also an outlier. I mean, that's not even a 1%er thing. That's a .01%er thing. But there are a lot of cases like where Mike Leach is going to the locker room and he just says something funny. Like he's not being an asshole. He's not being sexist. Nothing like that to the reporter. It's just a funny comment 
And then, like you said, okay, I'm good. Let's either change the channel, get up, go for a walk, take the dog out, take a shit, grab a beer, and come See back. See what Reese Davis thinks. Yeah, it yeah. sets you down very, very nicely. Yeah, but in terms of the actual value of that interview, yeah, absolutely. There's not. That's going off nothing of Nothing ever one, gets said. I don't need puff pieces on athletes. I don't need, going also going off of that, I don't need that X player is more motivated than ever. Really? Why do we need to read that? All right. I never click on that. Here stuff. we go. I'm, I'm actually going to defend that. As somebody who has written that piece, right? You don't write that piece for your audience. That's not why you're writing that piece. Exactly. Therefore, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And as a reader, you shouldn't care because that piece was not written for you. That piece is so you have more currency with that athlete. That is the only reason you write that 98% of the time. And I get it. Like, I've honestly, I've probably written that title before. Yeah. So I can't say that. And you have. I mean, absolutely. Everybody, everybody has done that before. They're more, more motivated than ever. They're locked in this year. All that crap. It still bugs me, though. I don't know why. It just feels like a you don't know what else to write about. You couldn't find a story here. You got locked into... Again, we've all been there. Like, they'll say, hey, this guy is available for 15 minutes. You want him? Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, what's the story? I don't know. You don't even have a story, so you're just going to say that whoever is more motivated than ever. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the value, it, it's it's like a lot of other things in that it, depend, it entirely depends on how often you're doing that. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you're doing that twice a month, we got a problem. <laughs> But if, if you're doing it once a year, then I think that is a smart use of your relationship with a player or a coach, and you are probably in the long run going to come out ahead and get a lot of good information or good quotes uh, from that athlete or player or coach or whoever it is, uh, and, and that'll make good stories in the long haul. But that story, yeah, set it on fire because you wrote it for two people. I don't need you to tell me about your fantasy football team. That might be the biggest thing that I don't need. That's I just don't, a rule, right? Like I don't care about your fantasy football team. I, I care about mine. I care about my bracket. I don't care about yours. I care about my child. I don't care about yours. Why, why is it not okay or frowned upon to just say, you know what? I like you. You're a good guy. Chase, I don't give a shit about your fantasy football team. I don't care. I have an exception for people I'm in a league with. I will listen to people in my league bitch about their team that's Why? in that league. Why? As a public service? No, because I might be able to use the information or manipulate them for a trade. Well, that I mean, okay, different deal. Yeah. Different deal here. But I, I'm sick of the, oh, Tyreek Hill got hurt on Monday Night Football. Great. We've all been there. Everybody's had a flight that was delayed. We've all sat on the tarmac for 90 minutes. You don't have to tweet about it. Why? Why you do don't have I to tag care? Delta? <laughs> we got it. You want free stuff? Hey, Tyreek, thanks for getting hurt, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tyreek's a different deal because I think a lot of people root against him for obvious reasons. But yeah, like, hey, Patrick Mahomes, thanks for stepping on your fat lineman's foot. Oh, really? Because Patrick doesn't have anything else at stake here. Because Patrick's playing for four hundred million dollars, and you're playing for like. A $40 entry a fee. A $40 gift certificate to Sizzler. 
How was your Cheesecake Factory this morning? I didn't go to Cheesecake Factory this morning. I what did... were those? Hold on, hold on. Uh, about six hours ago, before we hopped on here, Chase A.K. of Richmond VA texted me, unprompted, please rank the following restaurants. Red Robin, The Cheesecake Factory, Fuddruckers, Twin Peaks, Cracker Barrel, and I don't even know how to say this one. Car- Carabas? Carabas? Carabas, yeah. Carabas is great. Number one C, Carabas. You knew your audience when you were asking me that question. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I've never been to Red Robin or Carab- Carabas. 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 Yeah. I haven't been to two of the other ones in a couple decades, and the other two I are atrocious. Why? Why do you think that I care about Cheesecake Factory? <laughs> and let me be very clear here. I I I appreciate our relationship and our friendship. I don't need to rank the following restaurants. All right, At 12 so, o'clock on a Saturday. So the funny thing about this is that Andrew texts me podcast ideas multiple times. And you never respond. I won't say never, but I am pretty busy. But it's not even... I, I, even I rarely look at them and go, oh, I'll respond to this later. I just, you know, I'm tied up. And when I text it to you, it's more just like, hey, you know, put it in the hopper. Let me know what you think. Yeah. So this but this was a podcast on a Saturday. I, I thought to... this restaurant idea was was a good podcast suggestion because I know of your hatred for chain restaurants. So I want to make you rank six things where you hate all of them. But that would be implying that I I go to them. I mean, I think in order to rank something, you need to be a regular customer of it. Like I said, I I haven't been to Fuddruckers in probably twenty to twenty five years. I remember going on a road trip when I was about six. I don't. How has that memory aged? I am not a regular diner at the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> you're you're not in the right part of the country for that, are you? Who does that? We have Cracker Barrels, but I'm not. I'm not going there on a Sunday morning. Well, there's for your some first steak mistake. and eggs. I mean, of all the things that I get that we're running out of material here. <laughs> I mean, we tried last week to talk about actual football, but it's. It's getting hard. I mean, just like you mentioned with the whole Coach Duggar situation, all these schools are doing their marketing campaigns. We're running out of content here, but I am certain that ranking Red Robin, the Cheesecake Factory, Fuddruckers, Twin Peaks, Carabas, and Cracker Barrel is not the direction the High Motor Podcast wants to go. We could qualify as a local radio station. How would you rank the following restaurants? <laughs> Red Robin, Cheesecake Factory, Fuddruckers, Twin Peaks, Carabas and Cracker Barrel. I mean, local ESPN 1150 or whatever, whatever, is about three weeks away from doing that segment. There, I get that this is a struggle for content, but how far down the list would this be? I could make a list of 900 suggestions for this show. This would be nowhere near it. I would have you <laughs> rank the moles on your butt cheeks before you ranked the following five, six restaurants. I don't need neutral slight college football games. I wish there was a ban on it. That is not what college football is about. I get that. Oh, There's totally money involved. Disagree. Totally disagree with this. You want whoever to be playing in Orlando instead of, let's say in Gainesville As or instead of fan. in Athens. As a fan. They're terrible. I like, I go, okay, so I'm a West Virginia fan. I go to Morgantown, and then sometimes I will go to certain road venues. But I'm also 
a college football fan and I want to go to new places. So when West Virginia plays Alabama in Atlanta, not only do I get to see a team that they don't, you know, I normally wouldn't get to see play live. I also get to go to the Georgia Dome. I had never been to the Georgia Dome. Right. There's but value wouldn't in you that. rather go to Tuscaloosa? I don't know. I I, I like the the week one. You neutral can't site possibly stuff. say that you'd rather go to Atlanta for a neutral site game instead of Tuscaloosa. There's you can't something. Possibly say that. There's something that is valuable about the idea of two teams meeting in the middle at a neutral site. It's it's an unrepeatable occasion. I don't know. I like it. God, what a horrible, horrible opinion. Is this my last appearance on this podcast now? We agree a lot on most things. You are so far off here. You probably did go to the Cheesecake Factory this morning and spent like $52 on some rigatoni. Yes, I would like fresh crushed pepper. Thank you. No, I went to Red Robin and got a burger. and It was great. I bet it was horrible and you overpaid for it. You could have gone to the oh, food I, truck I, down I the street. I overpaid for it. There's no question. You paid $7 at the food truck down the street for a couple of tacos instead. Well, I was already out like in the county... And so I figured, you know what? I'd like a burger, and I haven't been to a Red Robin in like nine years. So why not uh, break the seal there? Just have me a nice $17 burger that probably cost 40 cents to make. No, it was not $17. I believe it was. With what? Fries Sorry, and you're right. $16.99. I'm... So I do this in my closet, and you know it's getting, like you said, a little bit warmer outside, and there's no... Airflow in here. There's no air conditioning. I can't have a fan because it'd be buzzing. And I'm pretty lightly dressed right now. I'm wearing a cutoff tee and just a pair of shorts. And I, you know, I've gradually been sweating throughout this episode. We're we're going on what I don't know, high thirties a minutes, maybe around minute forty. I wasn't sweating too bad until we got to the neutral site, and you paying sixteen dollars for a burger at Red Robin, and now I'm just drenched. <laughs> I would like to get to a place where you are naked in the closet and doing this podcast. I was talking to a buddy right before the draft um, in the closet because I think the, the kid was sleeping outside. And he, he said, like, I was I was muffled or something. I said, well, yeah, I'm in the closet, you know, it's, I'm, and I'm warm, and I'm sweating, and my shirt's off. And he didn't believe me, and then my wife opened the door like 30 seconds later, and I was sitting in the closet with my shirt off talking about how I would panic if the Packers took Jordan Love. And then six hours later, the Packers took Jordan Love. There were a lot of twists and turns in that story. A lot. Anything else you got for us here? I'm just, I guess, in general, wondering how your wife reacts to you regularly hiding in the closet, talking to men you've never met on the internet. <laughs> and I'm about 30 seconds away from taking off my shirt. <laughs> Actually, I can't because I have headphones on. If I unplug them, I won't be able to hear you. Honey. Therefore, the pants would have to come off. Dinner in 30? I'm in the closet with Kirk Herbstreet. Can we push it to 630? That's the Dowdy household. That's what's funny is like if if Mark Mangino knew that when we were shooting the shit that I'm sitting in the closet no, half the time no I do on. have my shirt off. Like half the time I'll just be wearing a pair of you know gym shorts with my shirt off. Like Paul Feinbaum, he was in the show sometime last year, I think, or maybe on my old podcast. If he knew that I was sitting in the closet with my shirt off, do you think Paul would call back again? I haven't had him back on the show, but. Do you think he would still want to do the show, but he would want to be wearing the same amount of clothing as you? 
So it's like a a barstool van talk situation here where they're in a van and their guests are in the van with them. So maybe if Mike Leach comes back on the show, we say, hey, Mike, you want to come up to 240 Spring Street and, and take your shirt off? I think you just need to simulcast this dual webcams and then just like really up close lo-fi and then nobody's wearing shirts. Do you ever watch On Camera with Sam Jones? No. Samantha Jones, like, from Sex and the City? No, Sam Jones. It's a one-on-one interview show. He's a fictional character, Andrew. It's fantastic. He had Will Ferrell on, uh, I don't know, a while back. They were talking about how Will gets naked a lot in his movies, and they cut to Sam asking the question, they cut back to Will, and he's just sitting there buck naked on the couch. (laughs) Solid bit. Anything else for us? I think we're done. (laughs) I think we're pretty much done. God bless you if you're still listening to this episode. Maybe slide into my DMs and we'll try to send you something. At my at High Motor Podcast on Twitter, something, something. <laughs> Covered a lot of ground today. I'm going to be back on Wednesday with the midweek episode of the High Motor Podcast. Probably going to do some, some Texas bashing, a tradition unlike any other on the show. In the meantime, check out the show on Twitter, like Chase said, at High Motor Pod. Let us know if you're still listening here very curious on instagram at high motor pod and on any podcast app thanks for checking out the high motor podcast i saw a friend today it had been a while and we forgot each other's names but it didn't matter because deep inside the feeling still remained the same we talked of knowing one before you've met how you feel more than you see and other worlds that lie in spaces in